0: Hello, friends. This is your friend, Kent C. Dodds, and I'm joined by my friend, William Johnson. Say hi, Will.
1: Hey, everyone.
0: Uh, Well, I did ask you to say hi, Will, but uh, hey, everyone is good, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'm excited to chat with you, Will, about um, community engineering and stuff. That's your title um, at Egghead, and I just think that's the coolest title. Um, But before we get into talking about some of what you do uh, with that, and in particular, um, some of the uh, topics that we had discussed. Um, I'd love for the audience to get to know you better. So could you just give us an intro to who you are?
1: Sure, Uh, I'm Will Johnson. I was a career changer. I previously worked in more like call center and factory work, did a lot of self-study on the internet and was able to change career into uh, technical roles got the attention of Egghead, built a relationship there and was at, and is working for them for about a year uh and a half now uh doing community work and it's it's been quite the journey and I'm I'm, I'm happy of where I, I've ended up Dude,
0: that's awesome. I I love hearing the stories of people transitioning into uh into tech from other industries. Was uh what was that process like for you? I'd love to dig into that a little deeper before we chat about other stuff.
1: Sure. Um, for me, um, I mean, it was tough, you know, cause I was working at a factory, uh, I had like 12 hour days, you know, they love, um, making you work overtime in those industries and stuff like that. So wow. it was a, not a lot of time, uh, at home with my family. Um, so I had to like cut out a lot of other stuff, you know, whether that was watching TV, playing video games, and I'm not saying those things are bad. I just right. literally didn't have time if I wanted to, you know, make this move. Um, So it was a lot of, you know, waking up early, staying up late, doing stuff on the weekends, um, going to meetups, uh, you know, when we could have them. Uh, So going to meetups, going to conferences, meeting people, asking questions. Uh, So it was very, very time consuming. Um, But it was one of those things where, I was like, I knew um, if I got that one chance that all of this would be worth it.
0: Yeah, wow, man, that's that's what we call hustle, right? Like, <laughs> really working twelve hour days and then trying to uh, get your yourself geared up for this transition. That's awesome, um, really inspiring. Um, <clears throat> have you ever written about your story? Because I'd love to read through like in more depth uh, on something like that.
1: Uh, I did write a blog post on dev too, and we can link that into the show notes where I kind of talk about like actual, you know, things that happened. Um, and it, it was, yeah. it was quite a lot. Cause it was like a, I don't know, uh, 18 month process from like when I first mm. said, I'm going to break into tech to actually doing it. So it, it's quite a bit in there and I can, uh, you know, make sure you give you a link so you can link that.
0: Yeah. That, that'd be great. I love those stories. Um, yeah. And, and so now you somehow got connected with egghead. How did that
1: happen? Uh, that actually happened through Twitter. Uh, I ended up connecting with Joel. Well, really, so like the the back, back, back story um, is that I was in a Slack group for the JavaScript group here in Kansas City. Um, someone said, hey, you should learn, or someone asked, should I learn React or Vue to get a job? And someone was like, learn React. Um, and then it was like, and they linked a whole bunch of EdK courses. And this is actually how I came across you as well. Because uh, nice. most of the stuff <laughs> you linked was yours. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I uh, seen that and I was like well what is egghead And then I end up learning about Joel And then I end up seeing that he had five kids And he broke into tech when he was in his mid-30s You know I was in my mid-30s I was 33 at the time And I had six kids I had like just had um My uh three-year-old somewhere Like you know super close to that um, uh, So I was like man he kind of went through the same thing I'm doing so let me follow him on Twitter And you know etc etc cetera." Et cetera. Um, and then one time, um, he ended up following me back and then we, uh, you know, I was posting constantly, like what I was doing, what I was learning. And then one time I had like, got, uh, rejected from a job interview and I had went on Twitter and was like, oh man, I I feel like I'm ready and I can't get anyone to take a chance on me. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like angry, but I definitely like wasn't in a good mood with that tweet. Right. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) And, um so he like just responded and like gave me some advice he was like you know you know you should start writing or something you know just start giving i can't remember everything because it was you know so long ago but he like had gave me advice um and then you know after that i started like you know doing what he asked uh you know like hey started blogging and you know make sure i'm posting those um and then i remember i had reached out and was like hey can we talk about this more in depth over zoom about like you know my career goals nice um so, yeah, we met over Zoom and, you know, discussed. He got to know my story a little bit more. Um, and then, like, we just kept building that relationship. We would talk about books, be like, because he's a big reader. I'm a big reader. So, we would, like, share book titles that we've read and stuff like that. Um, and then, eventually, it lets me, like, you know, working for Egghead, like, really out of nowhere. Like, I didn't even expect it. So, that was, like, crazy.
0: <laughs> wow. I- I'm just really impressed. Um, The... So there are a lot of things that you did in uh, the process of of making this transition that were very proactive, and I don't know um would you say it was intentional or planned or was it just kind of a natural thing or you build that relationship
1: with Joel um I mean it was a little bit of both like I knew that I had to um network and meet people like in the industry to advocate for me because I knew that. You know my resume wasn't gonna have anyone beating out the door saying, "Let's mm. hire him right um but as far as like the process of building relationships was like completely like organic. There's not any like strategy or uh you know networking books I've read. I just knew that you know um you know taking people's advice, sharing things with them that they might find interesting and following up with them was kind of like a good way to you know nurture a relationship with someone.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. It sounds very um, authentic, uh, sort of relationship building, which I think uh, I I've had uh, some people reach out to me in um, kind of one sided um, uh, relationship, I guess um, uh, approaches and stuff. Um, but it sounded like you're just more interested in like, hey, let's actually build a relationship here, and and it ended up working out really nicely with uh, with Joel. So uh, Joel says, Hey, you're doing like awesome stuff. And uh, it seems like you'd be a perfect fit for I'm guessing he had some idea, uh, or he'd been thinking about this for a while and and said, Hey, like this would be, you'd be a perfect person to help us with our community. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about like, what is the um, egghead community? uh, And like, why? Why does a community engineer need to exist? Uh,
1: That's a really good question. (laughs) Uh, But the, the AK community, uh, it has like two uh, members, I guess, like two like buckets. It's like the people who sign up for Egghead and watch the courses to learn. Um, And then there's also the instructors. Um, So the community engineer exists to support and bring together uh, those two parties. So like I create, Uh, events and things and opportunities for those two people to coexist so for example if it's you know the learners right like learning in a vacuum is like normally what we do right so we do things where we have like cohorts of people who go through kind of like the kcd learning clubs yeah Uh, yeah so so people go through activities together um with a common goal but like we kind of curate the process like laurel he works for egghead as well he does really good, like putting those together. Um, But we have like, you know, other material, even not egghead material where everyone's working towards a goal and they meet and discuss so they can have questions answered and just not, you know, feel alone. Um, And we do other things like, you know, sometimes we'll play games. Like, you know, we've played Among Us before. Uh, We've done one book clubs on like non-technical books. And we just do things to like bring everyone together so we can all uh, enrich each other. Um, And with the instructors, um, I do things that uh, take them away from being, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like unapproachable, right? Like sometimes it can seem like, oh, they're an instructor. I can't talk to them. So I make things that they can do, like having like egghead talks where we present a talk that they've made in front of a live audience. And they're there in the chat interacting with the people and people can ask them questions about their talk in real time. Instead of you know, at a real conference, it might be you know this line of forty five people waiting to ask you something, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> um, so there that, and then we do like the Twitter chats and you know lives like different events to just you know connect the the people and the learners with the instructor on like a more uh, personal level to where it isn't just them giving them information like from on this from on this stage so to speak.
0: Yeah, I that. I mean, you you've done some of this stuff for me. We did a like an AMA thing, and and it was really interesting. A lot of good questions and stuff. And I I, I see what you're doing all the time. And I'm, I'm guessing you're the person behind the Egghead IO account, or maybe there are a couple of people who who manage that as well, right?
1: Uh, the Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much me, <laughs> or yeah. LinkedIn, it, all of that.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff. Um, and then. Egghead has a a Slack and a Discord. The Discord's more for the external community and the instructors together. The Slack
1: is just instructors. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. The Slack is like more work related, like talking about courses and planning and stuff like that. And Slack is like water cooler for, you know, fun stuffs and jokes and memes. And, you know, I mean, of course, people are giving advice in there too, but it's just more like casual.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. So, um, through, through your experience as a community engineer, um, one thing that, that you mentioned that you've learned is that you're, you're better off, um, getting, or the best way to get what you want is to help other people get what they want. Can you elaborate on that and just
1: expand on, on that idea? Uh, sure. Uh, so, you know, if you want, uh, something, let's say, let's, Go concrete, right? Let's say you want to, I don't know, let's say I want to be a guest on your podcast, right? Mm. Um, and we don't have, you know, any relationship, right? So, um, if I, if I want that, there's something I can do for you, uh, to get that. It can, it can definitely vary. It could be because you have a lot of stuff going on. Um, but I'm sure not everything that, that you're doing, you want to do. So you could, um, you know, like you maybe want someone to, you know, add a feature to your Discord bot or, you know, something, make graphics for you. Um, it's like something that you don't want to do uh, that someone else, you know, can do for you uh, to make your life a little easier. I um, mean, that's like a good way to like break the ice instead of, hey, Kent, can you help me with my career? Or, you know, just come straight with the ask. Um, It's kind of like, I don't know if you ever heard the Jab, Jab, Right Hook by Gary Vee
0: no that sounds interesting though
1: (laughs) so it's like you know if you're uh i mean it's like net you think about it's like violent but you know it's like you know it's like a jab 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 right you just jab right if you're you know in a fight um you don't you don't come out with the the biggest punch that you have right you just slowly jab 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 and then um when their defenses is down that's when you come with you know the right hook and I hate like saying it like that because that sounds so <laughs> wrong. But like the same concept, right? It's like you do like little things, you do little things, and now they trust you, right? Uh, and then um, you can be, you know, hey, could you do this for me or something, uh, something like that. But really, I hate the right hook. Like I hate the ask. It's just because I don't know. I just don't really like asking for stuff. I don't know why. It just happens, I guess. I don't know. Uh-huh. But but if you keep jabbing people will eventually offer you something when you build that trust. So you don't even have, and I'm saying you don't have to, but I put, like, I haven't had to in, in my experience. Um, Once I've continually offered people things and done stuff for them, they had always came to like, Hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Hey, do you want to be on the stream? Do you want to speak at this event? They've always come with the, uh, with the offer. So um. You know, that's all. That's, so that's what I mean. Like, if you want something, you know, whether that's a career change to get a relationship with someone, do something for them first. And nine times out of 10, um, you'll get the thing that you're seeking.
0: Yeah, that uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, speaking, just going along with this um, example of my podcast. Um, I mean, clearly that's very close to home. So I, I was thinking, OK, so where do my ideas for guests come from? And it, it does come from people um, that I have a relationship with that I've been following on Twitter or, um, we've been interacting in my discord or, uh, and, uh, on GitHub or something. Um, yeah, like, so if you don't already have a relationship with a person, then it's unlikely they're going to, um, offer whatever it is that you'd like from them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, a really great way to build a relationship with them is by, um, offering the to help them with things no strings attached you know like make a yeah. pull request and in fact there's one person i won't name them by name in case that embarrasses them but there's one person in this season um that uh, that i'm talking with um with chats with kent who i asked because um we developed a relationship and i just thought they were a really cool person i'm excited to have them on the show um and we developed that relationship because they kept doing really awesome things for either my open source stuff or uh, just helping in my community, and so it was just a very natural thing for me to uh, to reach out to them and say, "Hey, I'd I'd love to chat with you on on the podcast." So, I totally agree with that. Um, one thing that uh, I um, I think it's it's good to um, when you give things without like expecting things in return, um, but sometimes. Um, I, I see people in like a work environment um and they're they're hoping to get a promotion, but they never talk to their boss and just let them know that I wanna have a promotion. And so you can end up um doing things that um don't get you any closer to your goal because you're not communicating effectively when it's a work situation like that i think talking about that sort of thing works a lot better uh, yeah. but do you see any situation in like a a give and take sort of uh, like or just like a um, a non-professional relationship where it uh, it is appropriate to ask you like i've been doing all this stuff for you i don't really expect anything in return but i like this is something that would be interesting to me if that's ever interesting to you like do you have advice on um, you know, if, if somebody just keeps on doing nice things, but they never get what they're actually looking mm-hmm. for, like, how do you get out of that that wheel spin?
1: Um, That's a good question. Um, And so that's the thing. If you've, you know, built that relationship and done things like, well, first of all, if they're like not reciprocating at all, like, not even, you know, like, let's say you make graphics for them, or you've done something on their site, and they like, don't even like give you a shout out let's say you've done that three times then you probably need to cut ties with that person yeah. they're just not you know um appreciative of you know the the effort that you're putting in um but if it's keep on and like like seem nice and y'all you are you're talking back and forth since you build that relationship you can come to them and say like you know um you know i would really like to and not even like i've done a lot of things can you do this Just would be like hey would you like to uh Chat about my career, review my portfolio, help me with my resume, like whatever, like thing that you're um, looking to get to help you get to your position. If you built that relationship, it I feel like they wouldn't have any issue um, helping you out because you have built that trust.
0: Totally. And, and I like that you mentioned, like, don't don't you don't have to mention that I've done all this stuff for you because that kind of puts them on the guilt train. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's not like if it's a, a quality relationship, that's not where you want that, um, you know, that that just changes the conversation entirely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I like that you mentioned that. And and as you were saying that, I was like, oh yeah, I, I've actually experienced this a lot. There, uh, people have done a lot of you really helpful things for me, and and then they just they come one day and they say, hey, I, I um, have this need. Uh, can you help me with that? And I'm I I get emails all the time or tw- uh, tweets or whatever, and I am way more willing to help uh, somebody out uh, when I already have a relationship with them. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just more natural and easy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And and you have that experience, like when you were introducing yourself, you mentioned, um, how you, um, asked Joel to talk about your career over zoom and like, that's, that's not a small ask, right? Like, um, for me, like people can buy an hour of my time. I have it on my website and I charge a lot of money, hundreds of dollars to, to get an hour of my time. But if it's somebody I have a relationship with, then I have definitely uh given people some of my time for totally totally for free just because we're we're friends. Um mm-hmm. and so yeah, having a genuine relationship can can get you pretty far.
1: Yeah, I agree a hundred a hundred and ten percent. Cause um I think some someone else said it I can't remember. I think it was Adam Wathen on his podcast. Uh he said it's like you know, you're de-risking the other person. Like if they don't know you at all that's like a risk. And like inherently they may feel a little apprehension, like who is this person? What do they want me to do? And, you know, it's just like natural human nature to, you know, not really, you know, when something comes up that you don't know, it's like natural to feel some kind of fear, even though it may not be real or dangerous. It's just like, what is this? But when, if you know someone and you've, you know, followed them on Twitter or watched their live streams, you know, their personality, their temperament, you have that, uh, they have a good reputation, Right, you you have that trust. So it's a whole lot easier to just be like, yeah, sure. It's like the risk, the the risk is gone, the fear is gone. So that's why the relationships are so important. It's it's uh just making the other person less less afraid.
0: Yeah, yeah, that and that totally makes sense as well. Like. I'll, I'll have people ask me to be on their podcast and stuff. And if I know who they are and I know that they're like stand-up people and whatever, it just makes it so much easier. Like totally. Yeah. I'll be on your podcast. But mm-hmm. if I have never heard of them and I don't know their podcast, then I have to, uh, that email sits in the inbox for a while until I get a chance to like go through the podcast, make sure that like, I, I'm okay being uh, lined up with the rest of the guests that they've had and all of that. And, um, so it just takes a lot more work. And if what you're offering or if what, uh, what you're asking is um takes a lot out of me then uh, i'm less likely to to put that effort into finding out whether it's worth my time right Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah so de-risking i like that that idea a lot um so oh i was gonna ask another follow-up to what you just said but now it's it's gone from my mind um well Oh, yeah. So what what are some suggestions of ideas of things that um, people could do um, to uh, to offer? Because sometimes, like, you'll see an open source project that this person's working on, and you're not sure how to contribute, or maybe they they don't really want to review PRs on it or something like that. They're, they're kind of done with the project or whatever. Um, what are the, like, best ways that you've found to, um, to contribute to somebody without... Um, adding on to the burden, I guess? Uh,
1: That's a great question. Um, There's uh, several different ways. Like, so if, so if you don't want to add to their burden, right, then you can take whatever you're doing and put it on your platform. So let's say if it's a a open, let's say if it's an open source um, project that you think is really cool, right? You could, you know, Uh, create like a youtube series or a egghead course about it uh you can do a live stream about it and you know tag them and let them know like hey i'm working through your open source library uh here on the stream because that you know gives them more uh more attention right like whatever you're doing is like you're bringing attention uh and eyes to them and they don't you know have to do anything all they can do is you know they have a bigger audience than you they can Retweet it so people can see someone working on their open source project or you know, send it to who they know. It's like you'll get access, you could possibly get access um to their network as well. So I'd say one thing just to like to recap that, if it's something that you want to do that adds less work to other person, put it on your own platform, whether that's you know, Twitter, a blog post, stream, whatever, whatever you are on the internet that you own, put it there and then let them know about it. And again. Remember the part of no expectation. Like, don't expect, yeah, they're going to retweet this and everyone's going to see it or whatever. Like, just go in there with the expectation that, like, you know, this can possibly need to lead to nowhere. Um, but I like this open source project. This can, you know, you never know who might be watching and see it later down the line. So, um, you know, just, you know, put it where they can have to work and don't expect anything, but make sure you let them know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a really great idea. Um, and uh, what about like, let's say, uh, for me, I have my my discord community, I have my own YouTube channel. Um, and and like, people are asking me questions on on Twitter as well. Uh, and things like are there areas where you've seen people uh, kind of rise within the community to, to really be uh, a great help? And what are the things that they do?
1: Uh, so lately it seems, I mean, definitely Twitter, Twitter has like, if you can be helpful on Twitter, um, you can definitely like build, uh, an amazing amount of relationships. Cause you know, once you get retweeted by the certain accounts and it gets more impressions and people see it and, you know, start to trust you, like Twitter's been really wild just to see how fast, uh, people's been coming to the community and, and meeting people. Um, and what they're doing is basically, um, the biggest secret to Twitter, I think that most people don't realize that it isn't about, uh, what's the quote that I, uh, said? Um, I think the best way to grow on Twitter and not grow in like a growth hacking way, but just to build more relationships is to use it as, uh, a microphone for others not as a speakerphone for yourself, right? Ooh, wow. That's good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you know, if people are talking about something, you know, go on their tweets, add something valuable, right? Not not try to take the conversation over, but something else that'll make people go, huh, that's a good idea. Like that alone um, can help you build a relationship because the person who tweeted it saw it. They're like, huh, that's a good point then the other people see it and then they're like oh that makes sense so, you know whatever the case may be a lot of people can see that 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 value that you added to that conversation then they can literally just have a snowball effect um so like you know answer question gives tips um and things like that like just ways to like help other people cuz there's always someone asking a question there's always someone who need help with something like even if you know um you know it's, it can even be something simple like um, you know what's what speed do you watch your you know podcast on right? Are you listening to podcasts on? You can go about oh I I do I I started on two x and then I got used to it and now I'm doing three x. People are like, wait, what? You're doing three x? <laughs> uh, you know, it's like it's interesting because like three x is crazy. Um, but like something simple, simple as that, someone asked a simple question. You responded. You gave them the microphone, like you put the attention on. Even though you responded, you put the attention on them, um, and it was it allowed more people to see uh, what you're doing. I hope that mm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> does
0: make sense. I, I and I love that idea of like focusing on using Twitter as a uh, microphone for others. Um, I think that that helps a lot. And you know, I I notice uh, the folks who are on uh, reply when when I tweet something and I get a lot of questions about it, I don't always have time to answer those questions. Um, but I notice there are some people who will come in and answer the question for me. And I mm-hmm. really appreciate that sort of thing. So there's plenty of opportunity to do uh, to do that sort of thing too, and just contribute to the conversation uh, generally. Yes. So <clears throat> that's great. Um, we're coming toward the end of our time. Is there anything else that you wanted to make sure we talk about before we wrap up?
1: Uh, no, not that I can think of. I think we cover like the main points of you know being being helpful and you know looking for ways to contribute.
0: Cool, cool. Well, that leads us perfectly into our homework because we want you to do that. Um, so (laughs) find find somebody who uh, has a need uh, and try to fill that need, whether it's on Discord or Twitter or or wherever, um, without any expectation of reciprocation um so that is the homework anything to add to that will
1: uh yeah uh, and just like to give like people something more you know concrete like and even if it's not technical related like it could be you know um does anyone know you know a a a good graphics program like there's look for someone asking a question about something um and then just give them the answer to that question and you know just like ken said without any expectation like um, if that's something that you're not used to doing, uh, give it a try today and try to make it a habit and then, you know, see what happens, uh, later.
0: Uh oh, that's awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, Will. What's, what, what's the best way for people to connect with you online?
1: Uh, sure. So the best place would be my Twitter account, which is willjohnson.io. That's my at. And then, uh, williamjohnson.dev is my personal site where I mainly have been blogging about like Rails uh, stuff because I like Rails, Rails is cool. Um, But I also have been diving deeper into React, so I will have some React content on there as well if that's that's what you're interested in.
0: Very cool. So actually, quick question before we wrap up. As a, um, are you also working on the Egghead platform too? Like do you contribute there
1: um, as part of the Egghead team? So not like, it's not like my day job every day, so I don't code every day. Most coding I do is, like, on my own time. Um, but I have, on the older site, I have, when it was, um, you know, Rails, we were using, like, now we use Next on the front, when it was just like, but it was just React um, and Rails on the back end. Um, I've put a few things on there uh, that was made by me and designed by <laughs> Uh
0: Voita, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> For those who don't know, Voita is responsible for, like, all of the design of my website and Epic React. And um, Maggie, of course, she's going to be on, on this season as well. Um, she is, like, the mind behind the themes and and lots of that, uh, too. She's kind of the uh, – runs most of that. But Vojta is, like, where – rubber meets the road and like here's the design he even implements it it's amazing Mm -hmm. um and i just love the egghead team all of y'all are awesome so thank you for for joining me it's been a pleasure and um yeah with that i think we'll just say ta-ta thanks william
1: thank you see you later everybody
0: bye everyone